This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time, back with my friend and guest from Thursdays, Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Michael? Awesome. One of the things I'm doing this week with all my experts is I'm rewinding the clock a little bit to the day that Lehman Brothers collapsed. And this is going to be probably pretty interesting for you because you're actually in New York, right? In the hub of, of the activity. I was watching it from the Silicon Valley and it was, it was, uh, it was scary for me. So I, I can't imagine what it is for you. And the reason I wanted to talk about this, I don't know if you saw the news, but there is a large property developer in China. Um, I forget the name at the moment. Evergrande, or something Evergrande like yes. Evergrande or something yeah. like that. 300 billion. Yeah, 300 billion in US denominated debt, can't make interest payments, stocks crashing 80%. And I'm like, oh my God, this feels like Lehman Brothers, right? And I'm like, I, I, I got to go back and look at it because it was a series of dominoes, but they fell so fast. So Jonathan, what were you doing back when Lehman Brothers went under and all of that? So I was a corporate attorney in New York City at the time. And, uh, you know, it's, China, I mean, this is now 13, 14 years ago. Was it 2007? Seven, I believe, yeah. Seven or eight, eight, yeah. Yeah, when it was all. And I remember watching that happen in slow motion, you know, where the the Bush administration called all the, you know, the people together and said, what are we going to do? And, you know, they had just bailed out Bear Stearns was it? They just bailed out somebody else. I'd forgotten, and then they were like, "Well, we can't keep on bailing everybody out because it'll send the wrong message to the market." Mm-hmm. And they let Lehman collapse, and it was just like a shockwave hit New York. Everybody, I mean, if you are a professional in New York, you know people working on Wall Street. You know, I had a lot of friends working on Wall Street, and um, obviously, the firm I worked for had a lot of business on Wall Street. And it was just like, I I guess, you know, it sounds, um, you can't really compare these things when they compare them anyway, at the risk of saying something crass or inappropriate, but it was a similar kind of moment to 9-11, right? Like, Mm. Like the, when it was just like, holy, you know, like what just happened mm-hmm. and 9-11 was still a really recent memory for everyone in new york so it was just like adding you know that on top like we just suffered through this horrible tragedy mm-hmm. this physical you know terrorism act and now we've got the major bank collapsing what is going to happen so yeah. uh, that was you know that was what was sort of going through my mind and other people's minds, but there was just a big sense of like panic as to 
what is this going to lead to? Because this is, you know, as you remember, it wasn't like Lehman collapsed out of the blue. Like this was kind of like a, like there was a lot of lead up to this, right? There were things started going bad. You know, you had other financial institutions that were getting hit with all of the, the collapsing, you know, property prices and worthless, uh, you know, debt obligations that they held that they thought were, you know, mm-hmm. couldn't possibly be ever made worthless, and then suddenly they were. Yeah. So you saw this sort of like rolling, this disaster unfolding almost in slow motion until Lehman collapsed, and then it went into fast. Like, you know, what what's the yeah. what's that, that what's that um that saying? Like things collapse slowly and then all at once. Like right. that's exactly that's exactly what happened. With, yeah, that, that's with- actually that's what I remember as well. There was kind of a buildup. And it's yeah. kind of felt, again, I'm an outsider. I'm in California. I'm, I'm in the tech industry, right? We had teams that called on Wall Street, but I was, I was second or third derivative away from it. But what it felt like to me is, right, the dominoes were falling for a little while and you could see them, but people were jumping in to kind of, you know, kind of brace them and try to stop it. And then the, do- the next domino would fall anyway. And then when Lehman Brothers yeah. fell and nobody stopped it and it hit the ground, i.e., crashed and you see people taking boxes out of the office then everything it did it just rapid fire you know countrywide indy mac was it wachovia or washington mutual i mean they're just like bing 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 i was like oh my god what is happening i remember not i I might have the chronology mixed up in my head but my memory is that like AIG went down before Lehman and Merrill Lynch went down before Lehman. But in both cases, they had, you know, with, with Merrill Lynch, Barclays stepped in and bought it. Um, with AIG, the government bailed it out. But you, you were seeing these things happen. And then my recollection is that when Lehman came up, mm-hmm. you know, the Bush administration was like, should we rescue this or not? Because if we keep on bailing everybody out, we send the, you know, we basically create a moral hazard in the yeah. market. And like the, the shareholders are really the ones who should be taking it on, not the taxpayers. So my right. recollection is they, they let it go. Maybe they couldn't find somebody to take it over, but I thought there was also partly like, a, we have to let this go because otherwise mm-hmm. it's gonna can't bail everybody out and and so everyone was sort of watching that happen in slow motion and even watching what was going on with lehman like are they going to rescue it are they not mm-hmm. and then paulson you know i i think it was him made the announcement you know that they, they were letting it go and then it was just like the panic hit the streets and um yeah then I we had know. then we had crazy yeah. things like there was a money market account that broke the buck you remember that yep right which never supposed to happen but it did and um it was it was really weird. If you want to talk about the aftermath too, I mean, so sure, I was a lawyer. It. I was um, doing litigation, right? So mm-hmm. normally, when the economy goes bad, litigation heats up, and there's always litigation going on all the time. But it can be a little bit countercyclical because what happens is when there's a crash, people start looking for, you know, someone to blame, right? Someone they can collect from. So having been through the dot-com crash where the dot-com crash led to a lot of litigation and, and a lot of litigation like in the real estate industry too, right? Because everything was connected, you know, um, people's port- stock portfolios went kablooey and then they couldn't pay their mortgages. And then, mm-hmm. you know, 
So uh, on commercial, you know, the economy went bad and commercial loans went bad. So there was a lot of litigation that came out of that. So we basically, when Lehman, after we kind of like caught our breath after Lehman collapsed, we're like, all right, here it comes. We're getting you know, braced for the wave of, uh, of new litigation business coming in. Mm-hmm. And, and then it didn't. Oh. And it was like the, it was very weird because, because we were expecting this big wave of like finger pointing and stuff. And I think what happened was the financial crisis was so bad that people didn't even want to risk spending money on litigation that they might, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that they might not, win or they might not be able to collect or whatever. And so that's how bad it was. Like it was, it was not just like a recession, you know, like 2001 where the economy got soft and some people went out of business. I mean, even though there was a big crash, like the effect on the economy in 2001 wasn't as, as great, but 2007, eight, I mean, that was like just the wheels, the wheels of the economy just ground to a halt. Yeah. Do you re- give you are an attorney at this point, not really in the real estate sector, but do you remember what happened in New York real estate? Because in my market of Fresno, uh, I had I had luckily sold all my houses in 1031 into apartments. So what happened in Fresno is once that happened, that was kind of the shock wave, and then the lenders went kablooey and nobody can get a loan. My market had four years of kind of like month on every month was a lower price, right? It was like a death by a thousand cuts. And it was, my market was one of the hottest. My, the house that I sold first ultimately was worth 300 at the peak, ultimately retraded again at 75. So, you well, know, 70% fall. What, what did you see in New York if, if you were paying attention? Well, I was because I was in the process of buying oh. this, you know, mansion that I live in right now. <laughs> our, our, you know, our, our two bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. Um, the, uh, but we were in the process of buying this apartment and, you know, my wife was pregnant and um, with our first child and we'd been renting an apartment and she was like, I got, she was like, you must buy a, an apartment or a house before I have this baby. She was like, mm-hmm. I'm not having this baby in, in this rental apartment that we're living in. And I was like, honey, the market is tanking. We just have to wait. Like, and cause I was, you could see it, right? And we'd been, yeah. we'd been looking for, literally we'd been looking for an apartment for a while. And when we started the open houses were packed and actually the, the crash was delayed in New York, right? Okay. So it took, even though the, even though the, um, you know, Lehman collapse and everything, I guess that was what started it in New York, but the, the, the crash had actually started happening before that elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. The peak yeah, like for sure. Crisis. The peak was 2000, late 2007, even into 2008 in New York City. So it took a while for it to roll through here. And, mm. um, and I just remember like just begging my wife, like, please wait. But she, she was like, no, I'm not, I'm not yeah. waiting. So we actually, we actually, saw this apartment twice it had we had taken a look at it someone else bought it then they couldn't uh they got rejected by the co-op board oh which like never ever happens in this building but they basically put in like a fraudulent application so Mm. the co-op board bounced them came back on the market and then when we saw it again it had a big price reduction on it so so we bought it so we did save some money we didn't buy quite at the peak but then as things kept on going like within a few months after we closed on this, there was 
you know, this is a two bedroom, one bathroom apartment. There was a three bedroom, two bathroom apartment that got sold for like almost a hundred thousand dollars less than what we paid for this. Ouch. And I was like, see, honey, we could have just waited six months, you know? Mm. So, and then, then there were definitely, I remember a lot of things for sale in the neighborhood. Like literally if we'd waited just a little while, we could have bought a house in the neighborhood, you know, rather than an apartment. Like yeah. we just, and we had even thought of like, should we sell this place at a loss just to free up cash? Because mm -hmm. we had a very small mortgage, you know, just to get cash so that yeah. we could go buy a house. We thought about it. Um, I wish we had done it. It would have, we would have done really well had we done that, but you know, we just didn't want, we just moved. We didn't want to go through moving and renovating and everything all over again. So we yeah. just stuck it out, but, but the market definitely tanked and it was probably a good, I don't think that we were sort of back to the price we paid for this place for three, four years, but it wasn't that long. It bounced back pretty quickly because this is New York, right? Yeah, so that's, that's very interesting. Cause again, I talked about Fresno falling four years to the bottom. We, my, that, that house that I sold at 264 that peaked at 300 uh, just this year got back to 300. So what is that? 13 years, yeah. pretty a long time yeah yeah so it just, just goes to show you what you know location you a market like yeah. with limited supply right yeah it's really limited by a lot of wealth and you know that's things bounce back pretty quickly yeah. in, in that circumstance and then we went into like the building boom in new york city after that um but it was all aimed at flight capital like hmm. they weren't building any they weren't they weren't building any, well, they built a lot of rentals, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were, because the whole thing was like, oh, nobody can buy anymore. They only want to rent, which I don't know, you know, you know how developers are. It's like fighting the last war. Mm -hmm. So they were built a ton of rentals. Uh, and then there were super luxury condos. So like nothing under 5 million bucks. And it was all oh, wow. aimed at basically Russian and Chinese money. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then of course, when they cut off the Russian money, all that stuff started tanking, you know, five, four or five years ago, and the the Chinese started imposing some currency controls too, right? Yeah. So a lot of those developers, you know, really sucked wind because they couldn't sell the they, all they all they built was super luxury, yeah, and then nobody bought it, you know. So yeah, the reason I wanted to go back to this again is is China may be, you know, again the Chinese market is pretty opaque. You know, from the outsiders aren't going to understand it. You never know what the Chinese government's going to do. They could they could come in and stop it immediately. But you know, one of the things that the Lehman moment taught us was counterparty risk, right? One one company going out by themselves, no big deal. But it's all the other companies that were attached to it, and you just don't know, right? This three hundred billion dollars in in loans. You know, who else who else could be in trouble if if this company goes out? So this is why I wanted to relive the moment because. The other thing, the other crazy thing that I'm thinking about that I want to get your opinion on is if the Chinese property market starts to suffer because it is pretty inflated, could that actually cause a rush to the dollar and ultimately lower rates? Could it be that big of a, a, a rush, you think? I don't know. Let's kind of like think about this. I haven't thought about the Chinese property market for a long time. I used to be thinking about it and trying to figure out what it all meant and how it was going to impact us. But then I sort of, after a while, just gave up uh, <laughs> thinking about it. But, you know, the Chinese market, 
is interesting because they've built millions and millions of condos that people bought that nobody lives in. Nobody is ever going to live in. It's sort of like it's sort of like Bitcoin, except and they don't just see cash. It's all on appreciation, and appreciation is based well. I don't understand the property market in China at all, right? But there's definitely like a potential house of cards thing here, whereas if uh, there's not being like a sec, there's no secondary market for those apartments that people buy, right? Right. Then what happens, right? Then everybody basically, their network is all now fairly impaired because they now own these worthless apartments. And, and I think that's one reason why the Chinese government has juiced the property market for such a long time. And it has to continue juicing the property market. So how does that happen? If all those, uh, I, and I, I, so the 